And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, and uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, joined now by uh, Jason Kersey. And, and Jason is with The Athletic, covers the Sooners. And Jason, it's, uh, it's good to catch up with you. And I, uh, I enjoyed this piece you and Sam Kahn uh, Jr. did on the transfer portal. Uh, the winners and losers breaking it down in the uh, in the Big Twelve. I'd have to ask you though: Is uh, how are the how are the Sooners hanging in there? With um, it seems like Venables, they've they've fallen in love with him. They've welcomed him back with open arms. Uh, it, it seemingly they kind of moved on from the Lincoln stuff a little bit. But then Lincoln had the um, had the interview the other day. How did that play in your part of the country with Lincoln basically saying that uh, he he didn't take anybody from Oklahoma. He took people from the transfer portal. Did that did that make things better, Jason? <laughs> I mean, I think that was received about how you would expect it would be received. I mean, it was uh, it, I mean, <laughs> to have the gall to say something like that uh, was pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, look, people love what Brent Venables has done so far. They love the staff he's put together. Um, they feel confident that he um, can carry this program forward. But the Lincoln stuff is still there. It's still an open wound. And, um, you know, even though I believe, uh, I actually believe pretty strongly that moving forward, especially going into the SEC, that OU will be better off under Venables, given the staff he's put together and his experience and, and his knowledge of how to compete with and beat Alabama. I think, oh, you might be in better shape moving forward, but, but the Lincoln stuff is going to sting. I mean, it's going to sting for a while for people around here. Do you think he's going to – I mean, when, when you think of, of, of knowing him and, and kind of covering him and then thinking about him in that environment at uh, – in USC, um, and I know some Oklahoma people will probably, perhaps, wish ill upon uh, upon those Trojan teams and hope they don't uh, have huge success. But do you do you sense that he is gonna gonna be able to to run that conference? I mean, it's a weird situation that they've had the coaches they've had uh, after Pete Carroll, the great success with him, and they just kind of, I don't know, they were just mired in some weird coaching situations uh and obviously they are very very excited about lincoln do you do you sense that he will uh, he will succeed in a big way there i mean i i think that he certainly has a chance to succeed there uh where others have failed he has uh i think he's excited the the local um recruiting base a lot of people um you know USC's been losing a lot of recruits out of Southern California to the Alabamas, to Oklahoma, uh, for that matter. And, uh, and I think this helped stop the bleeding on that. I mean, we've already seen Malachi Nelson and Makai Lemon, um, some five-star kids. Uh, Relief Brown all have flipped from Oklahoma to USC. Um, so he's, he's certainly making a difference in that way. Uh, he, he's got a track record that, that makes especially offensive players want to play for him. And, uh, and look, the Pac-12 is not a behemoth. I mean, Utah has been really good. Oregon's been, been good. Um, but a, a, a strong, talented USC with a, good, uh, head co- with a good, competent head coach should be able to dominate the Pac-12 or at least 
if not dominated, at least co-dominated with Oregon, you would think. And so I think there's a good chance that happens. On the other hand, I will just say this, and I'm not just uh, saying this to, to, uh, to throw doubt on Lincoln. We, there is no evidence yet that Lincoln Riley himself can build a program from scratch. We've never seen it. Uh, that, that's not to say he can't do it. Uh, I think he's very competent, and uh, I think he's a good coach. And I think that he, you know, obviously has learned under a lot of great head coaches. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying we haven't seen him do it. So he's going to have to uh, he's going to have to prove it because this is a very different situation than the one he inherited at OU. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch. Uh, Jason Kersey joining us from the Athletic, and uh, this piece that uh, you and Sam worked on. Um, interesting to look at all the portal. The portal's become such a huge part of college football. I mean, for obvious reasons, Oklahoma had to dip into the, the portal. Uh, you know, I keep asking. It's like, um, you know, it's like uh, it almost sounds like somebody had scorned lovers or somebody. You lose Lincoln and then Caleb Williams. I mean, it was just wave after wave um, is – but I, I would think the feelings about Caleb are different. I, I don't sense that you know people are are quite as upset with him, knowing who he came in with and all of that. Were you that whole scene with him t- that taking so long? Did it surprise you that it did? And do you think Caleb Williams ever actually entertained going anywhere else, but where he decided to go? I mean, look, that family was pretty pretty well shut down throughout that process, so it's hard to know uh, with any certainty. But uh, I, to your first point, I mean, I would say, yeah, fans are certainly less angry at Caleb Williams than they are at Lincoln Riley. Caleb Williams is 19 years old who, or something like that, who <clears throat> obviously came to OU to play for Lincoln Riley. I don't think they loved what happened, but they certainly aren't uh, – uh, aren't as angry at him, I don't think, as they are at Lincoln Riley. But, uh, but yeah, as far as um, how long it took, uh, that did surprise me a little bit uh, that it took so long because it kind of seemed obvious from from the moment Caleb went into the transfer portal. It seemed pretty obvious that he was probably headed to USC. But uh, the fact that it did take so long would would at least uh, provide some evidence that, that maybe he did consider other options. But um, USC was kind of always the obvious choice. Okay, and I wanted to ask you about Baylor. Our audience, obviously, very interested in, in the Bears, Big 12 champs. I mean, seemingly they felt good about both uh, defensive and offensive lines. They did get the player out of Tulsa, Jackson player. I mean, when you viewed this thing, Baylor and Oklahoma, both I think you all ruled them in the broke even uh, area. They obviously R.J. Sneed's been a nice receiver. He wasn't like the star receiver, but he was a really nice receiver for the Bears. What was your sort of overall view about what uh, what what Baylor did? And does it just feel kind of like they they held serve? And uh, other than Jackson Player being a really really uh, excellent prospect, I mean, I, I think that it really speaks to. Um, the job that Dave Aranda's done that they didn't, they clearly uh, weren't in desperate need of much out of the portal. Um, and they didn't lose a ton of guys to the portal. So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a nice sign, obviously coming off the big 12 championship and, and the season that they had, the, the future, I think is, is super bright for Baylor, particularly in a post Oklahoma 
Big 12. I think Baylor uh, has a chance to be one of the dominant teams in the conference, but Jackson Player was a really good pickup. I mean, he's a, uh, obviously a Waco kid, but um, uh, but Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both came after him pretty hard, I know. So uh, it was a, a big win for them to, to get him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, I, I just can't say enough about the job Dave Aranda's done down there. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, obviously that that Baylor Oklahoma game was huge for the Baylor program. Uh, Jason Kersey from uh, from the Athletic joining us, Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. On your losers list, um, you've got uh, the team from your state, uh, Oklahoma State, in there. I mean, it it uh, they certainly were able to react and, and I think replace a, a great defensive coordinator with another talented defensive coordinator. So they were okay there. But in terms of players uh, leaving and then the few that they signed, I mean, how much uh, how surprising is that after a really good season and seemingly everything headed in the right direction that they had those kind of departures? Because these were, uh, I mean, these were, not only a great defense coordinator left them, but but some some talented players as well. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's it. it this certainly isn't the way that uh, I'm sure they would have liked for it to have gone. I mean, they've uh, they they are the only Big Twelve school that uh, didn't sign anyone out of the portal or hasn't so far signed anyone out of the portal. Uh, obviously, we know the the year round nature of the portal means that uh, they could they could easily get back in. Uh, with some people and, and add some pieces and, and probably will, let's be honest. But, but as of right now, they haven't added anyone and they've lost 12 players uh, and some, some really key ones. Uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, the, the starting cornerback to LSU, Tanner McAllister, the, the safety to Ohio state. I mean, those are big, big losses um, for them. Shane Illingworth, who, who I sort of always sort of believed was probably the future of that program. Uh, in fact, I there was there were a lot of times when I thought he might just take over for Spencer Sanders, and and now they lose him as well. So um, it's kind of been a rough uh, rough cycle here in the portal for for Oklahoma State, uh, and, and a little bit surprising. But the fact that they were able to go out and get Derek Mason to replace Jim Knowles was was big time. Um, Derek Mason's obviously a great defensive coordinator, so uh, I don't think that it's time to panic in Stillwater or anything. But um, I mean, we it's certainly obvious that they would have liked to have added some people out of the portal by now yeah i mean that list i'm just looking at the what the you know the, the way y'all did those uh, graphics and that's a pretty stark thing for an oklahoma state fan to see is just all those outs <laughs> like you said nobody coming in i mean you start uh, you start looking at that and by the way iowa state who ended up on kind of your losers list same way tons of people leaving not as many coming in what do you think with TCU? It seemed like with um, the hire of of Dykes, I mean, there, there was going to be some excitement around that program, and it now, you know, and I saw the news today that the big time uh, was it pass rusher Oshan uh, Mathis was was has narrowed down his list. Have you noticed how they almost do it like they're back in high school? Now they they go in the portal. I mean, that's exactly how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly how they do it. It's it's just like they're being recruited all over again. Maybe there's something to the psychology of that. Like they 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 stop feeling like they did when everybody was going on and on about them and trying desperately to get them, and they want to feel that again. And the portal allows them to feel like that. But I mean, it is strange to see these gra- the exact same, like you said, 
graphics or whatever we call those things, uh, edits, uh, like when they were coming out of high school. But this TCU list, you had them on the wrong side of the ledger. They certainly have quite a few people that they were bringing in. I guess is your thinking on that maybe just when you, when you have a player that with a tremendous athleticism of of Zach Evans, just some of these some of these players were so talented that that departed. Is that the reason they ended up on on the wrong side of this list? I mean, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it, it's been a little bit of a rough go for for TCU, but but uh, but yeah, losing Zach Evans was was big. O'Shawn Mathis, a uh, big loss, especially if he ends up uh, back in the back in the state, back with Texas. So I mean, I, I yeah, I I, uh, I I certainly have. It's sort of been interesting to follow that. All right, and do you have a when you look at Texas and Quinn Ewers is the the huge name? Do you? Have the expectation yeah. that uh, when it comes to this this Texas OU game and you're covering that, that Quinn Ewers is going to be the starting quarterback at Texas. What do you? What will he? Obviously, everybody wanted him except maybe A and M, but um, uh, he ends up there, and that's that was an enormous sign for signing for them and a great thing for Sark. What are your expectations for him? Oh man, yeah. Well, I, I certainly think they've cleared the the deck for him to be the starter. I mean, with Casey Thompson gone, it, it seems like Quinn Ewers is certainly going to have have every opportunity to win that job. Sort of interesting how he how he was the number one recruit for 2023, reclassifies, goes to Ohio State, and he ends up at Texas at the same time he would have been at Texas if he just stayed committed and hadn't switched classes. It's it's sort of funny how that works out, but uh, but yeah, I mean. Texas had a pretty good, uh, I, I think, a pretty good uh, run here in the portal. Now, I'm not going to proclaim them back or anything until they prove it. I've I've learned my lesson on that front many times over the last decade. But um, but Quinn Ewers was was a big get. I mean, that's a guy that Sark obviously tried really hard to get when he got the job. So uh, so yeah, I, I would expect he will be the starter when OU and Texas play. Oh, uh, Jason Kersey, really appreciate you being on with us. Did you figure out, by the way, what that fan said to uh, Chris Beard that caused him to react <laughs> like he did the other night? It seemed like uh, Eddie Radosevich, who uh, uh, really loves to file quite a few reports, he seemed to be right there on the scene. And uh, but I don't, I don't know. A lot of times with Eddie, you can't tell if he's what he's reporting is a joke or not. Did we did we ever nail down what uh, what that fan might have said to to uh, irritate Beard so much? I I wasn't there, so I can't. Uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, I will things. say that I'm 99 percent sure what Eddie put out there was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. Okay, good, good. I mean, surely he's serious occasionally, but uh, but but it doesn't seem to be uh, be that often. Well, Jason, uh, appreciate it, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Th- thank you. You bet. There he goes, Jason Kersey of the uh, Athletic.